The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Jesus and his disciples left from there and began a journey through Galilee, but he did not wish anyone to know about it. He was teaching his disciples and telling them, The Son of Man is to be handed over to men, and they will kill him. And three days after his death, the Son of Man will rise. But they do not understand the saying, and they were not afraid, and they were afraid to question him. They came to Capernaum, and once inside the house, he began to ask them, What were you arguing about on the way? But they remained silent. They had been discussing among themselves on the way who was the greatest. Then he sat down, called the twelve, and said to them, If anyone wishes to be first, he shall be the last of all and the servant of all. Taking a child, he placed it in their midst, and putting his arms around it, he said to them, Whoever receives one child such as this in my name receives me, and whoever receives me receives not me, but the one who sent me. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise you, Lord Jesus Christ. In my family, my mom had described to me a long time ago, and perhaps it's very similar in your families as well, but she described to me sort of the scene of, especially in like an Italian immigrant family, the place of the children in the household. And it wasn't much, I'll say that, okay? So you would have dinner, right? There'd be a dinner. And of course, all the adults would be in one room and the, and the kids would be in an, another room at the kids' table. And there was sort of a general principle that, that the children were to be seen sometimes, but never heard. You know, it's kind of like at the appropriate time. In fact, my, grand, my grandfather told me that he didn't even take my mom and, and her sisters to a restaurant until they were well, well above, you know, good behaving age as not to like affect anybody else's meal time or anything like that. So a very different time where, where, where kids, you know, were kind of off separate. It's actually very, very similar to what we see in the ancient culture of, of Jesus as well. Kids were at the very bottom, bottom rung of things. It's just like, and again, it's just like, to be seen every once in a while and not heard until they were old enough to have some sort of a voice or contribute to society, right? That's, in a lot of ways, that's the way that they were treated. So you wouldn't, you wouldn't necessarily take what a kid said in, into any account. It wouldn't be something that would be important to you. And so that's something just to keep in mind all, all throughout this homily, that context that he was in at the time. And so th this homily really, in, in many ways, it grew, and I'll kind of explain that too. So this week we had two unique days, the, the Feast of the Exaltation of the Cross and then Our Lady of Sorrows. And those, and those two masses were back to back in the, in the middle of the week. And so one of the things that I explained was that when I was a little kid in, in Brooklyn, our, our parish, St. Brendan's, had this really giant life-size sort of crucifix, not unlike our, our resurrected Jesus, but like very, very big. And, and as a child, as a little kid, you know, at, at, you know, four or five years old, I was really afraid of that. Um, it was, you know, I was just like, oh my gosh, you know, it was sort of shocking to me, a little bit jarring initially. And so I'd mentioned that in, in the homily on the exaltation of the cross that day. But then 
I say that story partially to point out, and those of you who, who go to daily mass will hear compilations of how this homily grew throughout the week. And so um, one of the things that's so important in our Christian life is what I would call um, holy conversation and holy friendships. And, and the reason that that's important is because we can have friends from all walks of life, but we really do need to have friends, um, Catholic friends, Christian friends, that understand our foundational belief in Jesus Christ so that we can go deeper with them. And then we can also challenge each other from somebody who actually knows the, the, the foundational level where we all are. And so one of the things that happened that afternoon is that, so Amanda, our, our youth minister here, um, we've been friends for years, and I had no idea that, of course, I would get assigned to the same parish where she was the youth minister. So I'm really blessed that we often have really great conversations, you know, almost always about the faith. You know, we talk about other random things too, but, you know, but much of the time, you know, Janelle, who read our second reading today, and Amanda and I talk a ton about the faith, talk a ton about catechesis, about teaching the faith all the time about saints, about homilies, about different programs that are out there constantly. And it's so helpful and affirming to be able to have those conversations. And so Amanda came to me after that homily about the, the cross. And then she said, you know, that reminded me of this movie. And you know, the thing that gave me the courage to expound on this was, was Bob here in the front row, because he saw the movie I'm about to mention. And he came back to me and mentioned this to me. And so one of the things that happened is that she said, it reminds me of a movie that I saw many, many years ago. And this little boy goes up and he sees this crucifix and he's really scared of it. I remember seeing the movie and being scared of that scene where he's scared of the crucifix. I was like, I know that movie. I know that movie. And I, I just had to, I had to kind of Google a couple creative, you know, phrases there to figure it out. And then I remembered. So now I've done more research and so I have the background. So in 1954, a movie came out in Spain called... Uh, Marcelino Pan y Vino. And then in 1955, that movie was, was essentially released again as the miracle of Marcelino with like, you know, English dubbing and things like that. And so I'm sure some of you here have, have seen this movie. There's no doubt in my mind, an old black and white movie. And so Marcelino is a little boy who is, is an orphan. His mother leaves him on the doorstep of this Franciscan friary. And so the whole beginning of the movie is them trying to figure out what should we do like with this little boy? Like we're, we're a friary, we can't really keep a little kid. And so they kind of look at seeing if there's a good home for him and everything. But then they just come to the conclusion, he's just sort of ours. You know, like they, they left him to, to he, uh, his mother left him to us. And so we're just going to take him into our care. And so you see Marcelino as a mischievous young youth kind of growing up around all these friars and priests trying to kind of figure out and find his way. And then because of his curiosity and mischievous nature, you know, at one point, he, there's a staircase. And, and, you know, generally they don't go up there. But you see him kind of creep up the stairs and then they would call him all of a sudden and then he would run back away. But then eventually he finally gets the courage up to go all the way up the staircase up into the creepy attic, right? And there's a very large crucifix up in this attic. And his first encounter with it, it is fear. You know, he gets up and he sees Jesus crucified on the cross, and he's afraid, and he runs away and closes the door and runs back downstairs. But then, with this childlike way of recognizing the truth of Jesus' situation, in a sense, 
he, he already starts to kind of care for the man that he sees up in the attic. And he thinks to himself, he's just like, I mean, I could see his ribs. I and mean, he, he looks like he was hungry. And so there's a particular scene, just a really beautiful scene and a funny scene, where he goes down and there's the loaf of bread, the community loaf of bread, and it's all sliced up. And he takes a slice of bread right out of the middle, and then he just squeezes the loaf back together so it looks like nothing is gone. And so he takes that piece of bread, and then he goes up there to the attic, to Jesus. And he goes up there, and then he realizes he can't reach him. So he takes a table and he drags it over. And then he stands on the table. And I remember at least one cover of this movie depicts this very scene where Marcelino, with this piece of bread in his hand, is just gazing up to the crucifix with arm extended and looking up to Jesus. And it's in that moment that something miraculous happens. And so um, this movie is not, is not based on real events, by the way, I should say that. Though. But um, he reaches up and Jesus' hand comes off of the nail on the cross. And he reaches down and he grabs the piece of bread from Marcelino. And, and, and his face is just radiant. Marcelino, as he looks upon the Lord, and as the Lord receives the gift that he gives to him. You know, something that we have in, in total reverse, right? That gift being handed to us in the Eucharist. And then in that moment, the relationship starts to build. Holy conversation and a holy friendship starts right in that moment. At first, it started with some trepidation and maybe even a little bit of fear of how he would even relate to this man. But it starts out by an outpouring of wanting to help him. And then what happens? There's another, there's another particular scene where Marcelino's walking around and he's got a blanket over his head and he's kind of walking around inside. And one of the friars says to him, he's just like, you know, Marcelino, what, what are you doing, you know, with your, your, with your blanket? And then he says, you know, he says, I'm, I'm cold. And so he walks up, and you'll notice there's something that Marcelino is also doing that uh, Jesus says here, but he did not wish anyone to know about it. Jesus many times doesn't want to make a display about these different things, but he's sharing some sort of an intimate relationship and communicating. And in, in much the same way, Marcelino also tries to keep this hidden. He, he doesn't kind of brag about it or talk about it at all. But he thinks this man on the cross has no clothes. You know, he must be cold. And so that's why he has the blanket. And he goes up and he gives the blanket to Jesus. And then in another scene, he says, you hear Jesus from the cross say, Marcelino, I'm no longer cold. And he takes his blanket back because the friar is wondering where it is, right? And then later on, he's thinking, of course, he must be thirsty. You know, so all this time, Marcelino continues to think about the needs of the other. He constantly is thinking about what this man must need. And so then he thinks, he, he, you know, so he grabs more bread and then some, some wine. And then he goes up and he puts it on the table. And again, always thinking, like a little kid kind of problem solving. He's just thinking he must want to sit down. So he walks over and he grabs a big old chair and he drags, and Marcelino's only about five years old, he's a little, little boy. He grabs his chair and drags it over to the table. And then for the first time, you see Jesus come off of the cross and sit at the chair, and he breaks the bread in half. 
And then he just dips his finger into the wine. And then he reaches out and he touches Marcelino's head as if a blessing from Jesus himself, who's come down from the cross to be with him in, in communion in that moment. And so all throughout this time, holy conversation, he starts to bear himself to Jesus and ask him questions. And that's exactly what happens with our friendships here on earth. As time goes by, I've said this many times before because it's something, there's, there's a saying, you know, a priest only preaches only one, a priest preaches only one homily. And so sometimes you just hear the same theme from priests, right? Um, the same way that we get to know the Lord of the universe is the same way that we get to know one another. Conversation and time. And that's exactly what's happening between Jesus and Marcelino. And so in that moment, in that time, he starts to ask Jesus about the biggest fear, the biggest gaping hole in his life, his mother. You know, he's kind of had, even though his father is not present, he obviously has this, this abiding sort of presence of Jesus in his life, especially in the form of the, of the friars and priests that are around him in his life. So he has much fatherly influence. But the one thing he wonders about is where is my mother? What is she even like? I have no, no sense of this at all. And so over time, he's able to reveal his biggest hole in his heart to Jesus. And he explains, and like I said, remember, after the exaltation of the cross is Our Lady of Sorrows. And there's this amazing description that I gave on, on the day of Our Lady of Sorrows when he says, he's like, where's, where's your mother? He says to Jesus. And Jesus responds to him, she's with your mother. You know, implying that she's there in heaven. And then he just says, you know, like, what? you know, what are, what are mothers like? You know, what, what do they, what do they do? <laughs> you know, and he's just like, and Jesus says, they give, Marcelino. They give and they give of themselves and of the light of their eyes, like this sacrificial love, just like Mary gives of her very self. And gosh, you know, he's just really taken by that. And then just like a kid would, you know, he's on the way out the door because the friars are calling him. And then he says, do you love your mother to Jesus? And he says, yes, Marcelino, very much. And then he just says, I love mine more. And then he runs out of the door in that moment. But because it's such an old movie, I'm not worried about being a spoiler, but still, you still need to watch the whole thing. It culminates with him coming back to Jesus in that whole talk about mothers again. And he says, you know, do you want to see your mother, Marcelino? And of course, that's the thing that he wants most in his whole entire life, even though he's just a small boy. And then one of the friars kind of hears what's going on. And through these cracks in the door, he sees this light radiating from the cross, and he calls all the other brothers there. And they're, and they're peeking through the, cross, through the cracks in the door. And they see Jesus is actually not on the cross. He's not on the cross, but then all of a sudden, he gradually reappears on the cross. And then they open the door, and they see Marcelino in the seat where Jesus was sitting, and, and he's passed away so that he can be reunited with his mother 
and with Mary in heaven, the very thing that he wanted the most in his life. And so, in some ways, a sad ending, but, but only for a very brief moment, because all of the friars realize how holy Marcelino really was in the role that he even had in their lives, that literally the presence of this child sanctified each one of them. And then in that moment, of course, he's buried in the church, and it just says right there on the floor, Marcelino pan y vino, bread and wine. And so it's a miracle for that whole entire community. But that whole sense of who Marcelino is, is the very thing that Jesus is begging us to recapture in our lives. As we grow up, as the difficulties of the world sort of wear on us, sometimes that same wonder and sense of giving and just pure love that Marcelino has can, can wear away, can get eroded away by, by the world. And any of you who have kids or have taught kids know this very thing too. I gave a tour in this church to the second graders and they had all kinds of questions. Questions I never even thought of before, but great, amazing questions. And then you get a bunch of seventh graders in here and then you're like, are there any questions? Anybody? Any question about anything? It doesn't have to be related to the faith at all. And just no hands go up, you know? Like, I just, just like, just eyes that just seem barely alive to me sometimes, right? So there's a definitive shift that happens in there. And all of us have gone through that shift, too. Most of us, I should say, in this room. But we have to recapture what it was like to get these holy conversations and to approach Jesus in the exact same way that Marcelino did. Perhaps for each one of us, it'll be just like that progression, just like my homily was this progression throughout the week where the Lord continued to reveal things to me through other people. One of the things that ends up happening is we might be scared at first, just like Marcelino was, and we might step back. But the very thing that our Mass is, is we keep coming back every week, just like Marcelino did. He kept going back up to the attic to speak with Jesus some more, until that trust and that conversation had built up so much that he exposes the biggest vulnerability of his life. And in exposing that, Jesus is actually able to grant the very thing that he had always desired, to be with his mother again. That's what we want. <laughs> we want a childlike approach to Jesus so that we keep coming back, realizing that we cannot provide for ourselves, that he is a father that needs to provide for us. That's why we have to be childlike, because children rely on their parents to help them for, for, for essentially their every need. And so that's who Jesus is in our life. But sometimes we take the reins too much and we try to grasp at control of things because we have a lot of capability as adults and we lose that, that approach, that amazing childlike approach that you see in that movie. And so that's our reminder today. Just like Marcelino offered that piece of bread to the Lord, he offers himself to you in what appears to be a piece of bread. And so each week that we come back, 
We just have to humble ourselves like a child so that we could build that relationship so that we can expose the most difficult parts of ourselves and even the greatest joys of our life with Jesus. If we can do that, oh my gosh, then the moment that our life ends, we'll already have this established relationship and then we just literally fall into the Lord's embrace. And that's kind of the hope that we have for each one of our lives. God bless you all today.